join the Jones family with their grown children as they sit around the table to share their passion for marriage, family, and boundaries while providing inspiration, practical tips, and insight into a simple life that glorifies God. Whether you're a Christian or not, there will be takeaways to heat up your marriage, train up your children, and navigate this culture with more wisdom and perspective. All right, welcome back to Saturday Morning Crew. Today we are going to hit on another great topic. And this is going to be our second key to a red hot marriage. And it's going to be intimacy. Intimacy, yes. So we, before we get started, we want to make the distinction that um, we talked about affection in one of the last episodes. And affection can also be called non-sexual physical intimacy. So I know that's a lot of words, but either way, you'll see you'll see it as we as we go through this list of things and and start talking about intimacy and the things that we've learned and read and lived out. Um, so affection does overlap a little bit with intimacy, but we are talking tonight about non-sexual intimacy. So you don't have to get nervous. You Jake. can't. I would say that any of our marriage talks, you might want to censor for your children if you have children. Um, but we will probably try to warn you ahead of time if time if we're going to talk about sex. So you can definitely make sure your kids don't listen because <laughs> it could get heated. Just kidding. Okay, so the first thing I wanted to to share is the etymology of the word intimacy. It came from the Latin root of intimus, which means inmost, innermost, deepest, also used figuratively of affections and feelings and as a noun meaning close friend. And so that's kind of the history of the word of intimacy. And then I I thought it was funny because it also rolled into like, I don't know, like sometime in the 1900s, it was used to describe ladies underwear, intimates, intimates, intimacies, or something like that. I was like, okay, well, it has definitely evolved as a word, but... they still use that, don't they? Intimates, yeah. yeah. Ladies intimates, yeah, exactly. But that's not... We're not talking about ladies underwear I try tonight. to avoid that section. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Somebody want to read the, one of our um, favorite definitions of intimacy? Sure, I'll read it. Okay. <laughs> Jake, are you okay? <laughs> microphone malfunction there. Um, so intimacy is closeness between people and personal relationships. It's what builds over time as you connect with somebody, grow to care about each other, and feel more and more comfortable during your time together. It can include physical or emotional closeness or even a mix of the two. I like that definition. You do? Yeah, and actually one of the things that stood out to me yeah, is the fact that it, it talks about, and, and I think about this from a marriage standpoint, when it says... Um, it's what builds over time as you connect with someone because you and I talk about that a lot. Like, and, and how early in our relationship we were, we knew we were friends and we were connected as friends, but then now compared to then just how much we've grown together in our relationship. And Mm -hmm. yeah, for sure. And I think the other, I think the other commonality, but, between everything that I've read about intimacy. And it's not like we don't know about intimacy, but it's like we needed words to share on this episode. I kept seeing the word closeness. Yeah. It's just, it's it's that closeness. It's that friendship. And we were talking, 
before we started recording, we were talking about how we're not going to talk about the intimacy between friends, but marital intimacy is like the closeness between friends, but much deeper. And, um, you know, the Bible talks about Jonathan and David and how they were, they were very close friends. Um, but that is nothing like what a marriage should be. And so I pulled up a really good article from Desiring God. It wasn't John Piper who wrote it. And I wish I could give you, maybe we'll put, well, we probably won't put the link in there, but um, they talked about five different kinds of intimacy. And the first one was spiritual. The second one was recreational. The third one was intellectual. But another way to put that that I read somewhere else is mental. The fourth one this is physical, either sex, sexual or non-sexual. And then the fifth one is emotional. So when it comes to spiritual intimacy, what would you guys think about what you think that is? Oh, there's Jake. Hi, Jake. Hello. Um, <laughs> so about spiritual intimacy, I thought it was cool how it talked about even though like one through five, this is the one that if you're getting this right, you're probably going to get the next four, four, right? Yeah. So, yep. That was really good. Yeah. And I think like spiritual intimacy is connecting on a spiritual level. I mean, obviously that's what each one of these, is, these are. Um, and so like what that would look like is like praying together, serving together, re- going to church together, reading the Bible together, um, things like that, like worshiping together, all of that stuff is like what creates like spiritual intimacy, even having like conversations about like mm-hmm. God and like your spirituality and your the questions you have, the things you're learning, all of that stuff is like, you I know, got a question. Well, I was just going to say on that point, I think it's important also to note that when you're having those spiritual conversations, it's not always going to be about all the great things that you see God doing in your life. It's, it's the times that you're struggling with stuff and really going deep in those conversations and, and seeking that strength from your, your partner, your spouse to understand and and get feedback on maybe direction that you need to be following as well from a, from your spiritual walk. So go ahead, baby. I was going to ask Hannah, I know she had read mingling of souls Mm -hmm. And the one thing that stood out to me or what I was thinking about when I thought about um, spiritual intimacy, it's the connecting of souls. Mm -hmm. It's the, it's the deeper connection that is so below the surface that happens on, on a different level. Mm -hmm. And so is there anything you remember from reading that book that you can kind of connect to this level of intimacy? I mean, that book digs pretty deep into like the relationship between Solomon and his wife and like Song of Solomon and Mm -hmm. like basically goes like in depth about all of the different types of intimacy from that like would you recommend that book yeah definitely I okay think it, it was really good dating I mean, or we, married we read it when we were dating i definitely think like so it was one of those that we, like we didn't read together i read it and then i gave it to jake to read and i would say like if you're if you're in a dating relationship that's probably the best thing to do like we didn't really like even talk about it, it was kind of more like information what i want like you to read too mm-hmm. um, and also note that i read it when you were in Missouri and I was in Virginia, so. Right. But it doesn't it doesn't really go in depth about sex necessarily. It's kind of more like you're talking about like spiritual intimacy and every other type of intimacy. Um, 
But if you're like engaged or married, I would say definitely read it together. So the I thought it was interesting. One article I pulled up was more of a secular article. So it was not a Christian article. And it was talking about how to connect spiritually for the masses. And it talked about um, spending time in nature, um, talking about deeper topics, uh, spending time in some sort of worship. You know, I, I think we were created as spiritual beings. So I think that people can understand what we're saying when we say spiritual, yeah. whether they go to church or not. And or also like kind of like what daddy was saying about um, like talking about like things that are going on in your life and like the, the deeper aspects of things. Like the way I was describing it earlier is that like when you think about like your friends, like there's certain friends that you talk about certain things to and like, like one friend might know like about 10% or 20% of what you feel about a certain situation or like, a different friend might know about a different situation, what you feel about that or 50% of that. Like they know little pieces and parts of like what you're going through and what, how you feel about it. But your spouse is the person that you live with and see on a daily, sometimes like hourly basis, depending on like what your life looks like and on some days and like they see you through the good and the bad. And so the, the spiritual intimacy that you, that you share a lot of times is like, your raw feelings coming out and they see a hundred percent of what you can put into words or into feelings. Like it's like you're going through it fully together, whatever it is. Does That's that make good. Sense? Yeah. That was really good, Hannah. Very good. So the second category or type of intimacy is recreational intimacy. And I know we have talked about this a lot, but you'd have to probably catch it in specific episodes, but basically just Think about when you were dating. The recreational intimacy was probably at its all-time high. You probably did a lot of fun things together. You went on adventures. You you wanted to see that person in all different types of situations. And so there might have been some theme parks or could have been some, you know, nature walks. And, you know, because you're planning dates out. Right. And when, as your responsibility as a husband, wife, working full-time, you have children, dogs, etc., the time to plan out an adventurous day date are diminished. Yeah. I somewhat. Like, um, one of the articles we read today was talking about like, like I just love the example they gave and they're like recreational intimacy can be anything from sitting down and doing a crossword puzzle together mm-hmm. to going hang gliding. And those yes. are going to be different situations where th- you do those things, but you should be doing something between the, that on that range on a regular basis. Like, I mean, it was funny that he mentioned crosswords cause literally like, Two weeks ago, I was like, you know, we haven't done in a while a crossword puzzle, and so we randomly just like <laughs> pulled out our crossword puzzle book Before and started you were doing dying it. On the couch? Yeah, and when we actually brought it to the ER when I had to go to the ER, and we did them while I was just like dying in there. I'm like, just <laughs> do the crossword, just like say it out loud. I want to. <laughs> Side <laughs> note: do. Hannah was not dying. I was she not was dying. She was very sick. I was really sick. Yeah. Well, I think on the recreational intimacy too, it's just that reminder of. Um, the, w- we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, the intentionality, because as you were describing it, where if I am dating someone, I'm trying to purposely go do things with them and enjoy life with them. But when you get married and full time and all that stuff that's happening in your world, it's so important for us to um, be able to get out, to have a good time together, to make it a purposeful effort 
really just to yep. go out and laugh and play and enjoy each other. Like just last Thursday, Hannah and I, were, it was date night and we we're doing the adventure challenge and it ended up, are we ended up going to, we had to do certain things and like roll dice and it, long story short, we ended up at Chewy's at the bar and we were going to do virgin margaritas as one of like our fun activities. And the bartender just thought it was like really cool. Like I was thinking like, this is going to be like lame. She's going to wonder why we're here, but she thought it was really cool that we were out doing something like that. And then it sparked her to talk about her and her, I don't know was she married. I think she was married. Yeah. And like, who, I don't know if she was a Christian or not, but talked about like that they do like fun adventurous things together all the time like they just went skydiving her husband <laughs> that's cool is like a skydiver he can go by himself but she's like going tandem all the time but like it was just cool to even connect with someone like that who they're still pursuing each other like to do fun things that's awesome i i know i hear a lot of marriage help when a, when a couple is having a hard time one of the pieces of advice that i hear a lot is Y'all need to go have fun together. Yeah. Just, yeah. just no, go like, you, uh, like, um, we, I mean, we've been through various hard situations in the past, like couple years of marriage. Something's harder than others, but like there, there was one time last summer that we were like, okay, this has been like a really challenging week. And what we really feel like doing is being at home and just vegging out on the couch, really not going anywhere, doing anything. But you know what we need to do is go do a fun date. And so we went and had a picnic at the VMFA and walked through the museum. And like, it's those kind of moments where you're like, I don't feel like doing anything right now. Like, I don't feel connected to you and I don't feel like doing anything fun. But those are the moments where you should be going to do those. And, th and sometimes like, like in that time, like it helped so much. I feel like we felt so much co more connected when we left there and we had just made a new memory, took some really cool pictures. Like, I don't know. I mean, it connects you. Yeah. I well, and I think if you go back to the definition that you read earlier, or one of us read earlier, um, it talks about it's what builds over time as you connect with someone, grow to care about each other, and feel more and more comfortable during your time together. And, you know, it, it's, it's taking those moments, like you're saying, Hannah, where it's like, hey, we just don't feel connected right now. We need to go get connected in some way. But I think that part of that definition to me, when, when, I, when I heard that and I read that, I think about the couples that we've seen in our lives that say, we've just grown apart. You know, so it's the, again, it's the intimacy that you have with your partner and you're growing that intimacy every single day and investing in that time to go forward. Right, you're basically building a very strong friendship. So if you, and I know we've said this before, if your friendships outside your marriage are stronger than your marriage, then I would take time to evaluate why that is. Is it, do you not feel safe sharing with your spouse? And if so, why or why not? Or, you know, why not? <laughs> I guess it's really why not. Um is there something that's keeping you from intimacy? Because I know that one of the articles I read was talking about there's fear of intimacy for some people that have experienced trauma, which we're not going to get into right now, but... <laughs> I was just 
I don't know. On, on <laughs> I was I'm gonna say <laughs> something. I completely left like a flock of doves. What drama are we dealing with here? With that pause, I was just gonna say in the article it had Ecclesiastes nine nine which is enjoy life with your wife whom you love all the days of this meaningless life that God has given you under the sun. So like, I mean, it's in the Bible. I know we've heard that. Enjoy life with your wife. wife. Yeah. That's a good. Are you guys enjoying life with your wife? Well, I am. Okay, good. So the third type of intimacy that we read about was intellectual intimacy. And that's all about me right there. What intellectual intimacy? I'm just such an intellect. Really? And I'm so mental. (laughs) We haven't gotten there yet, Jake. But the intellectual intimacy is based on just discussing your opinion on lighthearted topics or hard topics. It could be politics, religion. It's really providing a safe space for your spouse to talk about anything that is on their mind. This is not to be confused with emotional intimacy this is more like brain yeah uh, it's like talking about like your opinions and your thoughts not your feelings and i guess the best way to like describe that is like okay when you're in a situation and you're personally going through something what you're going to be talking about is your feelings but sometimes when you're watching somebody else go through something or you're watching a movie about something or listen to a podcast about something what you're going to be talking about is your thoughts and so because it's not it's not directly associated with you. It's your like like hmm what what do I think about this certain like topic? I remember over the pandemic there were a lot of discussions. I mean there was some you know a lot of political discussions, there were a lot of heart to heart discussions. There were there was so much going on in our country that I remember we were doing our coffee talks religiously on Saturday mornings and we would sit out there for hours and just discuss things. And I have in my one line a day journal, how we were, there was one, I'm not going to mention the topic, but there was one topic that you and I got really heated about. Like we disagreed on it and you had your opinion. Oh, that was the, uh, no, we're uh, not going to mention it. <laughs> but I remember feeling like kind of misunderstood and, and, and walking away, but I knew that you were a safe person. So it wasn't like, it wasn't like it was wrong to bring it up or talk about it or that we did anything wrong, but it was more like, I just, I really wanted you to agree with me and my desire to have you agree with me was, you know, strong and right. Yeah. We yeah. had a lot of those. Yeah. Well, and I just wanted you to submit to my authority. <laughs> no, it's not authority though. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, and talking about that, you mentioned that you had different opinions, mm-hmm. right? And you like, you got feisty, but nothing like it wasn't a fight. No, but like no, but we in did the make article up it talks about as time <laughs> passes, couples often assume they know how their spouse thinks on nearly every issue, mm-hmm. and I can just imagine already in like almost three years of marriage is like in the beginning we talked about like even in dating we endlessly asked questions, we talked about everything, we wanted to know each other, and then like as topics come up, you can almost already think about what they might say and then you might just shut down and not bring anything up mm-hmm. like yeah so you never know what she's gonna say like y- y'all been married well, so long and you still had this we still yes. yeah and, and i think too it's just a this this is all part of relationships where you're constantly growing because conversations that that mommy and i or madre and i had or stacy whatever we called her on this show <laughs> we were having 
back during COVID lockdown, you know, the the topics of conversation that we were having then would never have even been a topic of right. conversation yeah. five years earlier, That's ten what years I was earlier. Say too, um, like the thing is about like it doesn't matter how well you know your spouse and how often you communicate that person is changing but so is everything else around you yeah Mm -hmm. i mean the world's changing but also the fact that you know in in some cases i I look at our relationship and, and one of the things that i see that helps strengthen our understanding of what's going on in the world from our perspectives really comes down to the fact that my world we'll say from my eight to five world is all about business, commercial business, things like that. Mommy works in ministry. So she sees a whole different side of the world than what I see. You know, I work with salespeople that are making deals that are worth more than what the people who come into Mercy Mall will earn over the next 10 years, 15 years in salaries. So, you, you get into a whole different perspective on things, which your perspectives are influenced by your surroundings. Mm-hmm. So it's important to know that because even if, if two people are working in the business world, they're still experiencing different things. and They're talking to different people. So going into the intimacy, when you, it always sounds like I'm saying that funny, intimacy. That's not, no, you said it right. Okay. When you're when you're having these um, intimate conversations, intimate conversations about things, you're going to come from different perspectives, but you have to be open minded to listen to what the other person's talking about, and that's what you would do in the case of that, unless I you were completely on opposite ends of the spectrum, and neither one of you wanted to submit to the other one, and then that would create an issue. Like, I mean. I think we've gotten, I think you and I at almost 31 years of marriage have gotten a lot better at this, almost 31, I said that, um, gotten a lot better at having intellectual conversations. I think that you didn't really want to engage in those early on and I would like. It's because you're smarter than me. No, I am no. not smarter than you. <laughs> I digress. But I'm more I'm emotional. No, you were not. (laughs) Well, that's our segue into. Well, so the fourth one listed was physical intimacy, which we touched on with the affection, and then we will. I like how you did that. Yeah, we're gonna skip over that one. Yes, thank you. Yes, and then um, the fifth one is emotional intimacy. Does anybody have any comments about emotional intimacy? Feelings, sharing your feelings, all the feelings. Well, I mean. I kind of touched on it when I was explaining the difference between emotional and intellectual intimacy. But I think emotional intimacy, I would say, is one that, like, women as a whole pretty much have to feel that with somebody in order to feel connected to them. Mm -hmm. Like, I think sometimes you don't, you won't share your thoughts about something unless you know that your feelings are secure in that relationship. Right. Or you won't want to do anything physically. You don't want to be hugged by somebody or anything more if you don't feel like emotionally like connected to them so like even as a i think as a guy sometimes you probably don't want to talk about your feelings but sometimes you're just gonna have to i want (laughs) to read i I think that this is this part right here is just really too good to leave out and i'm going to give the author of this article josh squires from at r-e-v-j-a squires 
He's a pastor of counseling and congregational care at First Pres Church in Columbia, South Carolina. He did a really good job with this article. Um, he talks about the cycles of intimacy versus cycles of isolation. I just want to read it. Now, here's the tricky part. When men feel disconnected, they often try to get physical intimacy via the route of recreational intimacy. Let's do something fun together, and maybe we'll end up in bed together. Whereas women, when they feel disconnected, often try to get emotional intimacy via the route of intellectual intimacy. Let's talk about something, and maybe we will end up sharing our feelings. Both spouses feel the disconnection, but are trying to solve the problem in opposite ways. Further complicating the matter, men often do not feel like talking or sharing their emotions if they do not feel physically intimate, and women often do not want physical intimacy if they do not feel emotionally intimate. Here, couples can easily find themselves in cycles of isolation, more and more demanding than their own intimacy needs be met before they are willing to meet their spouses. This is where the Christian commitment to love one another, even when it hurts, and there's Bible verse after Bible, Bible verse listed here can help the couple move from cycles of isolation to cycles of intimacy as they lovingly put each other's needs before their own. Shepherding our spouse in these areas, even when we ourselves feel out of touch, is the key to feeling the sort of genuine, robust connection. This type of connection does more than give us warm and fuzzy feelings for a moment. It helps ground us in the intimate love of the one in whom our connection is eternal and unfailing, God himself. I just, I feel like there's just no way we could have said that any better. No. What'd you call that cycle of? The cycle of, of intimacy Isol versus cycles of isolation. So how I look at that is someone's going to have to make the first move. Someone's going to have to, to serve their spouse with knowing this information. Yeah. I was so going to say like, um, one thing that one piece of advice we've been given is like knowing that and knowing that like. Okay, so for me, if I know that, like, a man's brain works in the way that, like, he's going to want to talk to me more when we're doing something, then, like, instead of making him sit down on the couch and have a conversation with me, I'm like, let's go for a walk or let's go do an activity. Like, mm. because, like, ha having him, like, moving is going to get him talking instead of, like, making him sit. And But same with a guy knowing that your wife... <laughs> what? Sit, no, honey. actually, I, <laughs> no. But sometimes, like as a woman, it's like you. Sometimes I just want him to just sit and talk to me. But sometimes that's if if we're not already connected, that's not gonna just work, right? But then it's like as a guy, like if you are sitting and talking, and you're the guy, don't close your eyes. If you, if you think <laughs> you're just like, <laughs> like yeah, to, that's a good piece think of advice. Deeply. But keep your eyes open. I have a feeling that there has been some <laughs> situations like that for you guys. Oh, no, never. Have you ever heard this, honey? Just what? respond. What is going <laughs> on? Are you what do you think? <laughs> like, like, say something. Have you ever heard that, honey? No, I'm we, I we mean, I don't been know. Over here when Jake and Hannah are having issues. <laughs> so when, the, when there's a cycle of isolation. Okay. So Hannah and, and Madre stays big. Okay. Describe how that would look in a relationship. Like give me some like paint a picture right now. So because there could be couples listening right now. Well, I think who this are is experiencing some <coughs> cycles of isolation. Well, no, I think that instead of focusing on the cycles of iso isolation, why don't we focus on how to serve our spouse intimately? 
And I feel like if a woman understands the mindset of a man and she's wanting to be close to her spouse and wants her spouse to feel close to her, then knowing that physical intimacy is going to bring his walls down. And so if there's something important to talk about, the first thing that women withhold is sexual intimacy. Mm -hmm. We are not doing a thing. I don't feel like it until we have this talk. And I know that that's fair to say, but also understanding that your husband does not feel safe with you unless he feels like everything's okay. And if sexual intimacy is okay, then that's when he's going to want to talk. He'll open up to you after he is intimate with you. And I, and I, I'm saying this probably speaking out of both sides of my mouth because that has always been our story, right? Like not really like that's the first thing to go. Yeah. You know, it's like if we're not feeling connected, then, you know, on the emotional level, then there's definitely no way that, you know, we're going to feel intimately connected and anywhere else physically why do we get so weird about this topic i think because i look over and i see jake just feeling so uncomfortable well but i was gonna also say because you, you you make some great points there right so you're saying connecting with your spouse you, you're you're giving wisdom and insight to women on how to manage this situation. i think understanding that is important yeah i do too i think it is important i don't think, that I think they it's need also to important for the men to understand their side of it right? exactly it's not it, we as men need to be better at sharing our emotions and sharing our feelings about things because as we've already talked about like your your spouse is the one person you should be able to trust with everything right and if it means because Hannah, like, you I mean you make a great point. If it means we just need to go on a walk, because I, I, I feel like if I'm I moving. I really like that idea. I do too. If, if I feel like I'm moving, I can talk more. But I think the other part of that is that you can talk and you can share things while you're walking because you're not having to look a person in the eyes and share these things. How long did we walk that day? Oh, my God. We had a... <laughs> We had a we we had a like a season of miles. We had a season of disconnection that lasted like three weeks, and we were we were actively solving it. We were actively getting somewhere every time we talked. But we have responsibilities, and so we're like, Let's okay, kids. to be continued. Dot dot dot. We're gonna and then we went for a walk on that Sunday, and it was a long walk. <laughs> it was like yeah. five miles, I think. Uh, seriously, up and down hills. Yep. I'll just say to go back to answer your question when you were making me uncomfortable. <clears throat> like yes, the like women can take that upon themselves and and do whatever they want to do to get the like talking to come, but <laughs> <laughs> but also men can act like just the, it reminded me of the line of you can act your way into a feeling. Right. So like men can also take it upon themselves to man up and and talk to their wife when yeah and and, and i think too i think because women should understand where the man's at and men should understand where the woman's at and it's it's a someone has to give someone has to give but also understanding that like the men's a leader the the man's a leader the man's a leader yeah so if, if the man's sharing things with the woman it may be that there's a hundred feet 
of pain and feelings and all the stuff that he wants to be that he's carrying around with him 100 pounds we'll say and in that walk the man may be willing to share 25 to 30 pounds not looking for counseling on how to fix those 30 pounds and not necessarily looking for um the request to dump all 100 pounds out but i think that it's important in a couple's relationship that as a man if i share with you some of the things that i'm dealing with and you receive that and then you return with that a, a physical touch a, a loving caring touch right you know i'm not expecting I, I a man should not expect that if he's dealing with 100 pounds worth of issues that if he shares 10, then he gets to sleep with his wife. Right. Right. But I do think that a lot of times you hear about couples where they're going through stuff and the man starts to share a little bit, but the woman wants to know everything before she gives up anything, you know, because it's just so much. Right. And I think that we're also really good at, which means we're really bad at this, at like holding out to the very end. Like the goal should always be reconnection mm -hmm. physically. And I don't mean sexually. Right. Physically. I mean physically. Yeah. And it could mean sexually. But, yes. but I think that, you know, I think that it's a give and take. Yeah. Absolutely. And what I was going to say, like when we were talking about all this is like one piece of advice I have is to have lots of tools in your tool belt when it comes to like connection. And so like when I think about like for us, like there sometimes you don't sometimes you don't feel like fully connected, but you're like, I don't know exactly what's missing. Like sometimes it's just you just need to reconnect about your day. You haven't shared like the conversations you've had today, the how your day was at work, like any of that stuff. Sometimes it's that like you haven't been touched at all. You haven't been hugged or kissed. And like so sometimes you don't necessarily you can't put a finger on it. You don't really know exactly why. But to have like multiple resources like so in our house for example like we always have a book going together mm -hmm. we always have some sort of like game we can play we have, have ton tons of games like like dice games card games we have like like question sets where like if we feel like we need to have like more deep discussions like we have one that we do every week but then we also have like various sets we've been through already that like okay we need to we really just need to connect on like a conversational level so let's pull out this question set that we've already been through or like having a crossword puzzle to do. Sometimes you just, you, you've been together, you've been working together all day or whatever, but to just sit down and do something fun together. It's like to have all those different points of like things that you can pull out and be like, okay, this is like what we need. Let's, let's just start with this. We'll see what happens. Like, I don't know. Does that? Yeah. yeah. I, I think sometimes too, like when, when you were going down that path, I think about the times that I have felt disconnected from mommy. One of the things that actually draws me closer to her in those moments is when something happens and we both laugh. Oh, yeah, for sure. Or when we dance. Uh, like we dance, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, because when you start to laugh and I laugh, then it releases that... Tension. Oxytocin. Oxytocin or whatever. Oxyclean, it's, whatever uh, it is that we're doing. Serotonin. I don't serotonin. know. We get all those mixed up. But it does do a release there, and I think that too often we we pick up our soccer balls and go home. So we pout and we don't want anything to happen in our lives. That's good. 
And if we can just allow ourselves to have fun and just laugh and have a dance party at the house or whatever. I mean, you and I, was it Saturday? Oh, yeah. When we had the dan- the music oh, playing, yeah. and we were just dancing. And yeah, just that was fun. And you were cracking up and oh that my was God. awesome. Yeah, that I was fun. It. Me too. And you peed your pants or something. Yes, I did. Yeah, yes, awesome. for the record, I did. Yep. Yep. I know. Um, any other, like, other comments on that section? I don't think so. I think okay. I know that pretty good. Okay, cool. I know that one of the articles talked about the three-minute hug. Yep. And the 30-second kiss. Yes. To release, o- to release oxytocin and to connect to. And there were also some really, really good articles on those who had a fear of intimacy. And so we are definitely not experts on that. Um, I think any normal average person can fear intimacy because if you've ever been hurt and you've ever been hurt by your spouse, and I don't mean necessarily like hit by your spouse, that's abuse. I mean, anytime that your spouse has betrayed your trust or let you down, you might feel like you can't trust that person with your heart. And that's going to happen with any relationship. And so there are some great materials on the internet. Um, just look up fear of intimacy and, and know that you can work through that with your spouse. But the best way to work through that is to stay connected. There's yep. some really great material out there. I hope that we've inspired you married couples out there um, to just keep the connection up through the tools in the toolbox, like Hannah mentioned. Um, there's just so many ways to stay connected throughout the day. And, and as we're talking about it, I know for Padre and I, we're getting better at that every single day, just trying to stay connected throughout the day, talking about marriage, doing this podcast, reading books. Um, lots of three minute hugs, lots of three minute hugs. We're kissing more. Thanks to Shannon Odell. Yep. So, and also I would just add that like sometimes what you need to do is exactly the opposite of what you feel like doing. Right. Mm. Because if you're not feeling connected, the last thing you want to do is do something that's going to make you connected. But that's exactly what you need to do. It's kind of like depression. Right. Right. The last thing you feel like doing is getting out of bed and right. go connect with people. So that's exactly what you should do. Right. Like we had a, Paul like a sort that? of funny moment sometime recently. I don't exactly remember what happened, but so we've been like writing each other sticky notes. So I bought like special white sticky notes because I'm like, I don't want these like neon ones all over my house. That just doesn't match the vibe. So I bought white ones and we've been writing each other sticky notes. But there was one day that I was just like so frustrated. I don't even remember what it was about, but I like wrote some sticky notes like the next day and was like, I'm sorry. I'm so immature. I couldn't write you sticky notes yesterday because I was too mad. (laughs) Like like just explained it like over the sticky note why I didn't write him a sticky note the day before. But Anyway, all that to say, like, exactly what I should have done that day was write him a sticky note, but I was too immature (laughs) and too mad to get outside of myself and do that, so. You forgave her, though, right, Jake? Yeah, because my sticky notes were cute. Jake, how did you feel when you didn't get a sticky note that day? Well, we don't write them every day, so it's not expected, but it's like, in that moment, I was like, it's been a couple days, but I was like, I can't today. It's too much. (laughs) The only annoying thing is every time I write a sticky note, like if I write like three, she writes three right back. I'm like, can you just give it like a day? Like, let me win one day. But see, when I write a sticky note, mommy texts me and says, what does this say? (laughs) (laughs) That's why we text. That's right. We text. 
Thank you for listening to this episode. Don't forget to subscribe. And if you liked what you heard, leave a review. We'll see you next time on the Saturday Morning Crew.